I love working with Web Tigress. I mean, I thought I knew it all. That is, until I had a conversation with her, and she broke it down into three main parts I won't ever forget. Website design, social media management, and most importantly, content. As a social media Luddite, it's the Tigress approach that helps us and many others communicate effectively with our social media public. I particularly enjoy the ease of communication while discussing such topics as developing your personal brand reach. You can get a great deal just for being a listener of this podcast by visiting webtigress.com slash artifications. Webtigress, your first and last stop for successful web strategies. This is Artifications. I am Roland Ramos. I love exploring the art world. I've often asked myself, where is the epicenter of this art world? Does one even exist? The answer is, of course. But there's more than one. New York is definitely up there. It has maintained its title as an art capital along such cities as London, Paris, and Singapore for years. When in New York, potential buyers flock to see the newest Chelsea releases and to auction houses such as Sotheby's and Christie's for the latest in investment opportunities. While most art lovers claim an eye for the chic, there's a big difference between those meandering Sotheby's aisles and those making their way through Chelsea on a Thursday evening for one of its lovely weekly art walks. These are the artists and aficionados looking for the newest of the new. The new new, as I call it. The irony in these rooms is served up hot, with continual references to the multiple Brooklyn art scenes churning out dynamic exhibitions and installations. So of course, that is where we're headed. Yo. Yo. Brooklyn is Manhattan's primary suburb. While most of New Yorkers work on the island of Manhattan, most of them lay their head in Brooklyn. When you think of the Brooklyn art scene, locations practically jump off the map, including Bushwick. Ridgewood and Williamsburg, to name a few. We are going to focus on a very specific part of Brooklyn, the one called Greenpoint. As the northernmost neighborhood of Brooklyn, Greenpoint exists on the banks of the East River just south of Long Island City. Its storied past extends well before the 1620s, when a branch of the Lenape Indians flourished in the area, living off the verdant fields of what would later come to be called Brooklyn. Soon after the Dutch arrived, they set up the Dutch West India Company at the foot of Manhattan Island with the express purpose of exchanging goods for pelts. Soon after, negotiations for land rights with the local tribes resulted in the annexation of Greenpoint, and all of Brooklyn for that matter, to the European settlement. For many years after, the Dutch and the local Lenape maintained an uneasy relationship, resulting in bloodshed on both sides. The sad thing was in the knowing that all their nerve would get them nowhere in the world and that they were lost as all people in Brooklyn seem lost when the day is nearly over 
and even though the sun is still bright, it is thin and doesn't give you warmth when it shines on you. Betty Smith, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Named after the Green Point that once jutted out into the East River, it continued to be marred by run-ins with local Indian tribes through the 1650s. After things died down, there it stayed in relative obscurity for many years, as it was known to be one of the more difficult areas to reach by foot. That was until the 1850s, when major traffic improvements and a ferry to Manhattan Island contributed to Greenpoint's annexation to Brooklyn in 1855. Shortly after its annexation, the Civil War broke out and Greenpoint's East River waterfront came to life and found itself in the business of making things for the war, including sails, rope, and some uniquely designed floating warships. Greenpoint's waterfront was home to, among other things, the Continental Ironworks, birthplace of the great ironclads. The most famous of the ironclads was the Monitor, named so because of its plentiful armor and the prominent movable gun turret affixed to its body. This class of ship was tasked with patrolling the shallow coastal waters of the continental United States. Production eventually fizzled out with the advent of newer and more sophisticated technologies. at Greenpoint Avenue subway stop around noon. I surfaced to find a steady rain, a wet collection of asphalt and storefronts, broken umbrellas and murals. But I was alive, and that means one thing in Brooklyn. You got a shot at making it. So many success stories started on these hallowed streets. Walking down Franklin Street, you can almost hear the rags-to-riches immigrant stories, or the seafaring harbor docks, the scallywags who frequented them just a few blocks away. And sometimes, maybe a stop for a politician on his way to change the world. This country is going to join the rest of the industrialized world and guarantee health care to all people as a right. Drying off in a bodega just off McGinnis Boulevard, I was speaking with a friend about my plan to gallery hop when she stopped me dead on a word and forbade me to leave without checking one specific spot. She told me of this place and how it had proven to be a reliable source for artists to network, thrive, and grow. The way that I think about Pencilworks is it's like a Condé Nast, like, of Brooklyn and, like, of art. Let's welcome Nathan Windsor. Uh, W-I-N-D-S-O-R. I'm the community developer at Pencilworks. That means that I get to do, I get to organize meetups, I get to use the space creatively, um and sort of develop the community. And I looked into the building a little bit and uh, the community, and, and I must say there's a lot going on there. It's, it's six floors tall, reinforced concrete. And if you take a look at the top floors, visible even through the constantly beating rain, I could still make out six foot tall pencils adorning the top exterior of the building. Why? Because this actually was the Faber Pencil Factory. Yep, this whole space made the collection of multicolored pencils that we all know and love. 
Such an awesome lineage for this retired facility to host such a diverse collection of artists under one roof. So the pencil works uh, and the, I guess the pencil factory as like a historical entity has been um, like it was a it was a pencil factory years ago in the 50s and probably like the place where color pencils were like first made. Anyway, um, then after it was converted, um, like artists were the colonizers. So they it was probably mostly artists here and musicians and craftspeople for a very very long time um a lot of them have been moving out um from the rent obviously but this is sort of the name of the game in a capitalist society that is owned by private land so rather than fight it um what i'm doing and what other artists are doing are just selling more you know how do you capitalize on your art, uh, licensing it out, like doing fashion with it. These are some lofty goals. But as I found out, this is backed up by some pretty interesting projects taking place on site, designed to find and create new avenues for artists to utilize. So some of the things that uh, we've been doing recently are doing a lot of code meetups, like for the coding community. Um, so like I, we're, we're, we've done um, prototyping for mobile and web apps. Uh, we're doing blockchain work with Ethereum. Um, we're going to experiment with some universal basic income experiments, various things. So we're going to issue a digital currency for Greenpoint uh, called Greenpoints, which is basically like a, a local currency that's, um, that will empower people to buy things that don't have access to the dollar. Um, I know this is not, this is sort of tangential to art, but the reason that I'm going to loop it back around and um, the thing that we're doing with art is we're going to start um, providing artists like digital provenance on the, on the Bitcoin protocol, basically on blockchain. So what we can do is we can scan the art, um, we can uh, put it in, um, you know, have a 3D scan of it and then uh, place it in a virtual reality art gallery or you can place it in whatever gallery you want, like in your own space and go through a VR tour of, uh, of the gallery. Um, and then we can obviously provide digital provenance um, and protect the IP of the work for artists. So we, what, what blockchain, what that allows us to do is like a public ledger. So we can take an asset and say this particular asset was stamped like a digital IP basically at this particular time and place. And it's like public for everybody to see. And so other things that we can do that we're experimenting with are creating like a token that every time the work is sold, the artist gets a percentage, you know, so it's like a perpetual license that, that, that that's given back to the artist. There are a lot of artists in Greenpoint because that's the people who first colonized like that these type of skid row places like Williamsburg was a total ghetto like 30, 40 years ago. And now it's not. And now it's like Whole Foods, Hipsterville. But that's like... That's the name of the game that we're all agreeing to. In fact, one sees this agreement across every city in the country. The steps being taken in the pencil factory seem to be leading us into a new paradigm, creating markets for potential patrons in a myriad of new and exciting ways. Just a couple floors down exists a very traditional gallery with a balanced, simple, and refreshing approach to curating. I would say there's a number of factors. Um, one, one, one part of the program is that we show not only artists working here in Brooklyn, but also international artists. Uh, my name is Owen Huhulis, and I'm the owner of the Owen James Gallery. Uh, we're going on three years. So there's a lot of balances we try to maintain. 
um, you know, U.S. artists, non-U.S. artists, uh, maintain a balance in male-female artists that the gallery shows, um, and a balance of ages. So some artists, they have their first solo show here. Some artists have been around decades, and we're showing them in a certain way or from a certain point of view or in a certain context that maybe they weren't beforehand. Um, but it, it balance in all those things. Most of the galleries have stayed. Some, a few have closed since I've been here. Uh, some have moved out. And if they move, they, would, they tend to move to Lower East Side in Manhattan, where also a number of Chelsea people are going. That's one of the new uh, growing hubs, I would say. But, but I, I would say overall, Greenpoint has maintained its gallery presence. Well, I opened the space in Greenpoint three years ago. Um, up, in, up before that, and including this, I've been part of the New York art world for about 20 years. Collectively, New York has seen a steady rise in the overall valuation of the highest players in the art world. While in most neighborhoods, gentrification has no longer been a specter, but has shown up and pushed more and more artists out. What kind of effect is this having on Greenpoint and its legacy of being a haven for artists? Um, it's an issue here, it's an issue in every neighborhood, including, you know, the Lower East Side, Bushwick, Chelsea. It's, it's, it's not so much a neighborhood issue, it's a city issue. And it's not just New York, it's many cities. So it's affecting everyone, we talk about it all the time. Um, and people are, are, some people are just closing for good. Some people are opening up in, in more spread out places. But there's no kind of next place to go because Lower East Side is already getting expensive, you know. Identifying Greenpoint as a final frontier for affordable artist housing and studios in Brooklyn is pretty appropriate. Sure, there are places farther along the train line that artists will eventually turn into the next amazing neighborhood. But concerning the here and now, I asked Mr. Windsor how the Pencil Factory building supports their local artist community. Well, how many artist studios are you currently housing here? Two to three hundred, I think. And I guess it depends on what you mean by, like, artists. So if we're talking about painting, it's probably, like, a hundred to, to, to 150. But, like, then there's, like, digital artists. Um, then there's, you know, there's a few woodworkers. Um, and then there are musicians here. It's like a nexus of art. The intention behind expanding the frontier for the arts world in Greenpoint is clearly self-preservation. Artists exceeding their aptitude in order to learn new skills, sometimes out-of-this-world skills, all in the hope of expanding their reach. What does the future look like in these circles? Uh, you gotta get high on VR, man. You gotta try it. Yeah. It's like, oh, you, you're trying to explain like a roller coaster to someone who's never been on a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's way you cool. Like it, the only way it's, it's nauseating is if you're flying. Like, in, if you're flying in VR, it's very nauseating because it's just... It's going by too fast for your, your brain and your, and your inner ear doesn't feel it. Other than that, it's like very, very cool. Yeah. You know, it's all an agreement, right? That's all it is. And so whatever somebody agrees has value, just like the paper dollar bill like doesn't have any inherent value, but like everyone, you just agree to it. I think that as we expand and as we like do more interviews with the Times and the Journal and like Art Forum, especially with this VR aspect and like digital IP, um, 
we're just going to open the hallways to like the world and people, you know, the model will, will be just more empowering for artists. Like, uh, honestly, right now we're just doing it in our own community. In my opinion, if the art sells, then it sells, right? In the American paradigm of art, nothing spells success like sales. You could make a great cultural impact on your neighborhood, even as your art may have connected with every person who has passed in front of it. In the end, the Wu-Tang Clan got it right. Cash rules everything around the art world. And while some artists fall through the cracks, others learn to adapt and change to suit their new surroundings. Greenpoint is not an isolated movement. All throughout this area, many artists and art enthusiasts are making inroads into new and fascinating ways to sell their art. With all due respect to this area and its long lineage of serving New York City, Greenpoint is proof positive that you can teach an old dog new tricks.